It's Friday night, 7 o'clock. Time for the sports phone. All right, Friday night, 7 o'clock, time for the sports phone here on KZYX. Uh, Jerry, that is me. I am making my rare, uh, valued, but rare appearance in the KZYX Philo studio. I've got Jim right across the, what is this? It's some sort of plastic or some some sort of plexiglass plexiglass barricade. Uh, But it's always good. These are are kind of, these are rare. It's when I come home, when I take a little vacation. But I am in the studio, always fun. Jim, good to see you in person. How's, How's everything going? That's an understatement. Getting to see my son in person, uh, it's going. It's going great. I'm on uh, a little bit about me. Um, I'm on my 14th day of rehab from mm-hmm. total hip replacement, putting about 70 percent of weight on my uh, on my leg now, and uh, did a bunch of gardening today. So I'm pretty fired up. I was gonna say it hasn't stopped your gardening abilities. You were you were down on both knees, getting the <laughs> getting the plants in, and you know getting the raking the the beds and all that stuff. So yeah, you're, you're definitely. Yep. Improvement. Improvement is definitely happening. We call it real-life PT where I'm from. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it's always good to be here. Uh, it's a bonus that I'm in the studio, uh, but it is time for the sports phone. So if you are new to the show, uh, let me give you a quick rundown on what's going to happen for the next 57 minutes or so. Um, very simply put, this is an open forum sports talk show. Jim and I are huge sports fans. We have played sports. We've coached sports. We have watched sports. You know, you name it, we've been involved in it in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and we like to spend this hour kind of opening up the phone lines here on KZYX to bring uh, our sports fandom out to the listeners and letting listeners bring their sports fandom to us. We don't care if it's professional, rec league, college, you know, whatever it is, wherever it is, stories, controversies, questions, topics, quizzes, whatever it is, as long as it is sports-related, we want you to give us a call and talk about it, and we always look forward to taking calls as we get rolling on the show here. Um, But before we get to the phone lines, it is approaching the end of August. It is Friday, August 20th, which means September is right around the corner, and I can't believe we've gotten to the point where I actually get to say this. It means that fall sports are getting ready to get started at the high school level, probably at the collegiate level as well. But Jim and I, we when we started the show, we made it a concerted effort to bring in the local sports communities uh, to give them an opportunity to be highlighted in ways that they are not, you know, in other forms of media. So we wanted to put a focus on that. And the fact that high school sports are getting up and running again means we're going to get running again with our guests. So. As the season uh, gets a little bit closer, we'll start to bring on some more specific uh, coaches, players for specific sports from specific programs in in the area that we're going to be trying to highlight. Uh, But for a starting point, we figured we'd kind of uh, do an overview, kind of of where we stand with high school sports now in relation to the ongoing COVID pandemic. So with that, Jim, I'll hand it back to you. You can get our guests on the air, and we can get rolling here. I was just, I was just thinking. You know, you you said you know we're we're trying to you know to do a little. We we promised KZYX listeners from the beginning. We pitched our show to the management, and one of the deals was we would cover high school, and yep. you know, and I. Uh, or lo- local, it was sports. local. I don't local think it was sports high school. doesn't even have to be sports. high school. It can yeah. be kayaking and fishing, for that matter. Right. But you know, it's even more important now. And may he rest in peace. Love him or hate him, McCarthy is gone. Yeah. And it even 
puts more responsibility. If anyone around here involved in the sports world, all I have to say is McCarthy. They know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, they also know what I'm talking about when they say love him or hate him. Yeah. Uh, so um, I was going to try to ask our guest, who's going to be Tim Anderson. I, I was I was going to try to. You know, get a get a more formal bio from him, but, but he's been our guest a few times. Yeah, we've done it before. And my favorite way to introduce Tim Anderson is that he is my favorite interview. Tim, you there? I am. Yes, sir. Locate yourself. Where are you? I am in Petaluma, but nice. you can't pet a cow. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So, Tim, it's always good to have you on. Uh, you've been a basketball coach in Fort Bragg for as long as I've known you. You're a teacher as well in the, in the, in the district, so you know, you've been doing that for a long time. I, I just want to kind of – we'll turn the reins over to you here. I, you're, you're involved with it. I know you don't coach a fall sport, but Fort Bragg and at the, the, you know, the larger area of your league in general – Sports are all systems go for the fall. Kind of where, where where are we at right now? Yeah, actually, we we are. We're we're running uh, all of our programs right now. Football had a game canceled due to smoke. They were supposed to play huh. Ukiah. Mm-hmm. I walked into the gym the other day and saw the volleyball team thumping up on Healdsburg. Wow. Um, and uh, cross country and the soccer programs are getting a little bit of a late start. Soccer, we couldn't find coaches. And, and found some, so they're they're up and running. So and the, the part that's interesting is the different counties have different health regulations, and our, our league, our we actually play in four different counties. <laughs> so with that, the mass mandates indoors, not indoors. Like it's pretty crazy. Um, the, they were supposed to be wearing masks at, in our gym the other day, and they all had a mask, but. As you're running around playing yeah. sports, it's really hard to keep it up and over your nose, mm-hmm. you know. And how do you police that? Wait a minute, Tim. I, it'll be really interesting to see what shakes out with winter sports because yeah. I don't know that you can play basketball with a mask on. Well, so, so go ahead. Go ahead so there, you're telling me that one of the I, I know that the, the students are wearing masks and, and teachers are wearing masks. I work in a you know in a federally funded. Um, um, medical clinic, and I, I know the rules for masking with employees. Are you saying that during games, volleyball and basketball, the protocol is to wear masks? That's my understanding as of mm. now. Exactly. Yeah. Anything indoors, they're supposed to be wearing a mask. I can't see. Due it. to that's what our county is at. Yeah. So. Um, so. This was a rule, just to kind of expand on it, Jim, um, because, I've, as you know, I've gotten involved in, in Oregon high school basketball. That was the rule for the Oregon high school basketball season that was kind of like spring into the summer. Uh, players that were not vaccinated were expected to wear a mask. Players that were vaccinated did not have to wear a mask. And it's exactly what Tim was mentioning, though. By the time you start running, you know, so 30 seconds into the game, the masks fall off. And, you know, it's it, as Tim, as you said, it's very, very difficult to police. Um, so, Tim, beyond the mask mandate, I, I'm curious with, like, kind of the different rules you were talking about. How does it look from, like, a fan perspective? So, kind of, as an example of that, um, when it, for this kind of condensed season that happened when I was up in Oregon, all, all anyone that wasn't a player or a coach or an official had to be on a list to get into the game? Anything like that that you're aware of, or is it just no, fans not, can come not in? not in our league at this point. Um, our gym had uh, as many parents and grandparents and friends and, and uh Love it sports fans that, that wanted to be there. that There was actually more people there than I thought there would be, and they all did a great job wearing their masks. So it was a, 
it was wonderful to see. And just a little talk about classroom stuff. You know, I had a great time in my calculus class today and that there were bodies there. I could give direct <laughs> instruction. They could ask questions. They worked together and had conversations and had their hand up, and I could go over. I, I actually felt like I was earning my money today. <laughs> nice, nice. No, I can wow. – Tim, that's the first time – I, and maybe it's just because I'm a student and I've never been a, a teacher. That's the first time I've ever heard fun and calculus put in the same sentence. I'll be, to- I'll be totally honest Shame with you on, on that you. one. Um, so the last question I had, and then kind of I'll, I'll hand it over to Jim if he has anything. Um, is there a any sort of scale-down plan in place? Like if cases go up, what like how sports get scaled down? Or is it more of kind of like trying to just go with the flow a little bit? Or is there something more formally in place, as I said, kind of of a, of a plan to scale down if needed? No, I don't think the scaling down part – my guess is there might need to be some games either rearranged and rescheduled mm-hmm. or just completely canceled depending upon you know the timeline in which they aren't able to be played. Uh, we had a, a volleyball thing scheduled, I think, in Clear Lake, and there was a, a couple COVID cases, and mm-hmm. the event was canceled. Um, you know, so I think it's more that scenario, and we'll take it game by game and wait and see what uh shakes out and if we have enough bodies to go play we go play i love it i love it it's really really good to hear and you know i'm all for safety i but it's really really good to hear that that things are kicking up again jim the floor is yours uh i just now a little bit let's a little bit of tim anderson here um i know i know you've coached Probably every level of, of high school basketball in California that I know of, ninth grade, JV, varsity, maybe every gender, um, boys and girls. Are you coaching this year? You cut out there, Jim. Uh, are you coaching this year? Um, my plan as of right now is to, is to do the varsity girls. Oh, um, and that there, there are some, some girls that... Uh, have some potential and some talent and are excited to play. And I think I can make them better and play as a team and play hard and give them the best opportunity to run and maybe get some dubs. I love it. You know, so you love that, that's my plan as of now. But, you know, the, the coaching circles are – it's tough to find coaches these days. It's, it's you know, we didn't have uh, very many applicants for our soccer gig and – our athletic director is still unfilled. You know, there's a, it's getting to be more and more of a, of a thankless gig. And um, I think the parental situations and it's like how I, that we're out to, to uh, not necessarily support everybody as equally as we can. And, you know, there's, there's finger pointing and different things that, that happen now and then. And it's, um, it, it gets tough to deal with sometimes, especially my, my, I've been doing it long enough. My, my skin's thick enough, but you know, with, with some younger coaches, you have a couple issues here and there and it can, it can sour it in a hurry for you. So I, I still believe in athletics as a very, uh, competition is a wonderful thing when it's done right. And we all learn so much from it. And I hope to pass that along to the kids that, I'm fortunate enough to coach. Mm-hmm. How, how about this? Have a good ring to it. How about athletic director Juliet? How does that sound? 
Oh, you know, that's been propositioned up here. We, uh, I can't say that hasn't crossed our dining room table. <laughs> that, uh, for callers that don't uh, aren't as close, that was an inside joke. Uh, I, I would say, Jim, is it time for you to come out of retirement? Ooh. I mean, are you taking over Fort Bragg's athletic director role? You did it for, what, huh. four months? Is it is it always? I did it for six months six in, months. in okay, Mendo, yeah. and I coached for, you know, 16 years or so in the program. Is is it a stipend job, or is it a full, is it an addition job, or could the athletic director in Fort Bragg be a part-timer? Uh, it is for faculty which it's always been. It's a period off and a stipend. Gotcha. Um, you've never, you've never had an outsider. important huh. it is that it is a staff member. I think that's been one of the requirements. But at huh. some point, we might look to open it up to a community member. I, I don't know what the reality is with that and um, whether that can happen the way it's written right now or we need to adjust that. That's a great question. Well, Tim, it's... Uh it's a pleasure, as always. Uh, it was really good to hear. I didn't know that the Fort Bragg was playing already. I, th- I thought that there was just practices and you guys were getting underway, but it's it's good to hear. Um, I saw high school sports back up and running in Oregon in the spring. It's it's doable. They were they were doing it the right way. It sounds like you guys are doing it the right way as well, and, and the counties are talking about it. So I'm looking forward to talking about high school sports uh, for a year. Um, and I, uh, you know I'm going to have a lot of questions for you as I start having to coach out actual games and get into a bunch of situations I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Anytime I get a chance to talk basketball with somebody that uh, knows a a bunch already and um, wants to to learn and gather a little bit of what I've acquired (laughs) over the years from the people that have mentored me, I, I, uh, I cherish those moments. And thank you again, gentlemen, for your efforts to keep this rolling. I, uh, I appreciate it. It's called, and uh, hopefully I can be a little bit more regular here now that my life is a little bit more scheduled as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Awesome, Tim. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Yep, yep. That was Tim Anderson. I don't even know what the official title would be, right? Tim Anderson, math yeah, teacher, te- math basketball, teacher coach. basketball coach at Fort Bragg High School. Uh, you know, I didn't have a chance to ask him, but I'm telling you, I'm going to need all the insights in the world, and I don't know if this was Tim's time or not, on how to coach in the fourth quarter of a game that doesn't have a shot clock. Because because <laughs> Oregon high school basketball is bizarre, it is weird. There's no shot clock, and I hate it. Um, 707-895-2448. We're going to open up the phone lines. Give us a call, 707-895-2448. Whatever is on your mind, you want to talk about it, as long as it is going on in the world of sports in some way, shape, or form, you can give us a call one more time, 707-895-2448. Give us a ring. Let's talk sports. Any level, anywhere in the world, give us a call, and let's talk about it. Jim, it is Friday, August 20th. Tell me something that happened today in sports. In night. In 1974, and I have a call. You're on the air. Well, I'll tell you something that was on uh, international news today in sports. Go ahead. Um, Although it actually uh, took place yesterday. The... A woman from Poland practiced for many years throwing a sharp stick, and after a while, she a metallic disc for her effort. And yesterday, she sold it the highest bidder. 
Hold on. Go ahead. Caller, are you still there? I think we may have lost him. Cheers. You're on the air? I don't know how far I got in my story. Did I get into the story of why I'm calling? Yes, you yeah. said you mentioned a woman in Poland throwing a stick. A sharp stick, a pointed stick. Right, yeah, sharp, yeah. And then, and then she was awarded a metallic disc for her effort. Huh. And yesterday she did something remarkable. The woman was Maria Andres Andresic. Maria? Andresic. I got it. Yep. She was the silver medal winner in the Olympic javelin throw. And she sold her medal oh. for over $100,000 to pay for heart surgery for a Polish child who had a congenital heart defect. This is an incredible and story. She got to keep the medal, as a matter of fact. Oh, cool. Wow. You're breaking up. You're, you're breaking up it. a little. That's an incredible story. I'm gonna. It's hard to okay, hear hear you. Now. Thank you. 100, 125,000 was the winning bid. So, so Jerry, fill, fill in. That was a little hard to hear on my end. Yeah. So, uh, Polish silver medal javelin thrower uh, Maria. I'm gonna butcher the name. I think it's Andrzejczyk. If if I remember how to pr how to pronounce Polish names. Um, helped fund uh, a heart surgery for an eight-month-old, and as part of that, she sold her, uh, or auctioned off her silver medal, which was, uh, the winning bid was 125000 Then I think what the caller was mentioning was that she actually ended up getting to keep the medal. So well, in the someone, end, so in the end, the bid was just to it was just donating one hundred twenty five thousand dollars to help with the surgery if the person didn't get the medal. That's fine. Like that's that's really cool. That was uh, her point at the beginning. Yeah. Th yeah. that is the story. I, I I like it. That is the story they did. I was just saying, mine's nothing compared to that. Yeah. <laughs> this day in nineteen seventy four, August twentieth, nineteen seventy four, Nolan Ryan. Threw the fastest pitch in baseball up until 1974. And I picked this one because I saw a guy throw five pitches in a row faster than this. So <laughs> Nolan Ryan in 1974 pitched the first 100-mile fastball, 100.4 miles per hour. Jerry, tell me some stats. The new record, which I guess is what you're, what you're going for here... Uh, and I don't know how long Nolan Ryan's record was held for. I didn't. I didn't have a chance to get into that. But the current record was set in 2010 uh, by then uh, Reds pitch, relief pitcher Araldis Chapman, now Yankees closer Araldis Chapman. Really? Uh, his pitch was clocked at 105.8. That is the new current record. Um, but again, I don't know what the gap was in terms of how long Nolan Ryan's lasted, how many were in between those. But that is the the current record. Is 105.8. 707 895 2448. 707 895 2448. We encourage Stump 
the sports phone hosts you got something you want to ask us you have something you think we don't know give us a shot give us a shot at it you want to put something out to the listeners we like to uh we like little quizzes we like trivia that or anything else <laughs> or, anything. or anything give us a call 895-2448 jerry what do you have this day in sports yeah i have 2008 uh on august 20th um and this is one that I think I again I, I it stands out in my memory because I remember it. Uh I remember watching Usain Bolt uh set or win the, the hundred and two hundred meter uh records at the uh two thousand eight Olympics and set a new world record in the two hundred. Just remember watching him just dominate those races. Like, it wasn't even close. <laughs> uh low call, you're on the air. Good evening, oh. gentlemen. Hey Vince. I was worried you weren't gonna call tonight, Vince. Thank you so much. <laughs> Are you kidding me? We're twenty minutes. 21 minutes in, Jim. We're good. <laughs> Did you We're hear good. Tim Anderson? I loved it. Great job. Oh. I love hearing uh, the Noah Goals, the Tim Andersons, uh, uh, Josh from uh, Laytonville. Love those interviews. Looking forward to them going forward to get a feel for what's happening as we slowly <laughs> come out of go back into COVID restrictions, come out of, go back into, it seems like a pattern right now, but I'm, I'm stoked to hear that things are happening, sports are happening, kids are in school. It's a great, great interview. Big, big Tim Anderson fan. Nice job. Oh, that was nice of you to say. What do you got for us today? Anything specific? Well, I mean, I got Tiger Woods in the year what? 2000. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tying Ben Hogan. Or becoming the first since Ben Hogan in 1953 to win three majors in a calendar year. Huh. That's my this day in sports. Yeah. What year? And I have to. I have uh, the uh, 2000. Oh, okay. So almost almost 50 years later, <clears throat> and I have to mention that because I had probably my best round of golf uh, yesterday that I've had in a long time. Ooh, so tell us about it. Frisbee golf or. or uh... No, 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 regular golf. Mark Schaefer and I have been playing about every week at Little River, just getting nine holes and, you know, fine-tuning our craft, which is always a, a divot here and a lost ball there. But <laughs> what's, whatever, what's the – what's Vince, uh, quickly, strongest part of your game, biggest part that needs improvement? Consistency, Jerry. Okay. One round, it's the drives are great, the short okay. game sucks. I grew up Next with. Next round, the drives can't do anything, and the short game's great. Yeah, yeah. You know, if I could put them together, I'd I'd be a bogey golfer. But right now, I'm a double bogey golfer. I was going to say uh, you're 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 shooting 48 for for nine holes. I mean, if you're if you're keeping real score. Yeah, I would say 40 to 50. You know, Jim, some some yeah. rounds are a 41, and then you got the occasional 51. You know, like it's you know it's it's, it's really a putt here, a putt there, a drive there, a drive there. A short, you know, a, a, you know, sure. you always have that one shot that, that that messes up your hole, or you you're putting for par and you have, you get a double bogey. No. I, I have a different you, experience. You know, my brother, I grew up. Um, I always like to mention this. My brother was a scratch golfer. I mean, yeah. I remember him with three high school friends or four high school friends on the golf team. They all had zero handicaps or ones, and so so someone was breaking par just about every every high school match. I mean, right. this was this was yeah. very special. Uh, the, the the crew that my brother went through high school with. So I grew up being the basketball guy, but following my brother's career and walking the course with him. Sometimes even caddying for him. So I grew up with scratch golfers and um, and you know watching, but I never got into playing. You know. 
Well, I, I learned from a scratch golfer. I learned from a guy in Florida that huh. you know, shot 72, 75 yep. all the time. And, and it's amazing, Jim, for me to be, uh, you know, I was a really good runner, a solid baseball player. I'm a pretty decent basketball player. How can I not hit a golf ball? Like, it, it's just the most, it's so, it's so mind-blowing. Like, Jerry, Jerry, do you play golf? Have you played golf? No, no, I don't. But, but Vince, I've had the exact same reaction where, and I don't know why this is the case, but, like, for some reason, I'm just like you, where conceptually golf seems like the simplest sport ever. Like, I, I, I and it's just like, take a, take a club and hit a ball. And it just, it yeah. seems conceptually so easy and again, I think everyone would say, "Oh, well, basketball, just take a ball and put it in a basket." Like for me, it's di- it's you know, for everyone, it's gonna be a little bit different. But I have had the exact same reaction as you, Vince. Where golf for me is like, why am I so bad at this? Um, it's 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 brutal. It's the it's the my, ultimate my only, individual. Sports. My only other my only other comparison, and you guys might both agree with this, is tennis. I never understood how I could not be a decent tennis player when it's mm-hmm. a racket and a ball, right? And I get to I get to move laterally. I get to like run around. Why is I mean? Have you guys tried tennis? Like, what was your what was your tennis experience? I, I'm that really is one of the most impressive sports to me as well that I just can't do. Before you before you knew me as an old guy, I always I, it's hard for me in California, Vince. I mean, um, I have to bring pictures of me dunking for my players even to believe me that I could ever play basketball because I was an old guy when I arrived here on the basketball scene. So I can relate to tennis in that I was so fast side by, side to side and front and back I could catch up with the ball, but it's sort of like golf, whereas I could get to the ball. But it was amazing I, sometimes how it, how come it didn't go over the net when I wanted it to. Exactly. <laughs> I, I never had a problem getting to the ball in tennis. I just can't put it where I want it. 707-895-2448. We're talking to Vince Lee here. He, uh, he's talking about his frustrations with golf. How about some calls? Why are golf and tennis so frustrating? They may be the <laughs> ultimate individual sports. You know, the, and if I may, go ahead. Uh, stump the host. What does uh, the number on a golf ball mean? I I think I know. I could take a guess. It would be like the the production group, like the batch or something. Because don't all the balls in the same like sleeve have the same number on them? Yeah. So I, my guess would be it's like that was like run. Four of that ball, or some, something along those lines. I, I'm going to say that's wrong. Sure, and that the numbers are just so if two people are playing with the same type ball, it, it there's less of a chance that they mix up their balls. Okay, so uh, you're, you're saying, Jim, it's a, it's a, a identification number. Exactly. And and Jerry, you're saying it's just basically a production number. It's a production number. That was my guess. Yeah. Okay. This is great. So I, I personally was thinking production number myself. Right. A friend of mine, uh, Surat, who, who was playing with us the other day, said it was an ident- identification number. So right. we were all kind of in the same area. So I'd love somebody to call in and tell us the right answer. Yeah, my and idea of that, identification number, it's not to identify the ball in the, in the production world it's identify if if you and i both lo- if you right, and right. i both love to play with titleist 490s um and, and we both pull out a pack it, there's less of a chance that we both have a pack of titleist 2s titleist 4s titleist 5s right and, and right. it's it and and if we both drive a 
and a uh, on a blind green, we don't have to argue about whose ball is closer. Right. Right. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I like that answer. Uh, with that, though, I will let you guys go and let somebody get in here. Thanks, Vince. L- listen up. We got you some got good topics thing? coming up. Thanks, Vince. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring and talk about sports, anything, anywhere. 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. Uh, Jim, the other sport I'll throw into that uh, that group, like uh, golf and tennis, uh, I think bowling goes in that group. Of again, like for, it's it it's so it's hard. it's one of those ones where just conceptually, it's like how is it? I take this big ball, I roll it down a lane, and it knocks pins over. And the, why, pin, and the pins aren't moving, right? Why <laughs> why is this so difficult? And it is extremely difficult. I think the only other thing I would say, and again, like I, I don't know if it's a it's if it's fair to differentiate them in this way from basketball or football or other sports like that. There's a, a, a very high level of precision required in basketball and tennis and in bowling, um, or excuse me, in golf, tennis, and bowling, where like it's one of those things where you're doing the, you want to do the same thing over and over and over again. Exactly. And I don't think, I don't think it applies the same way in a sport like basketball, where yes, you do need to like have correct form, but your form is always going to be slightly different depending on you know the situation of the game or something like that. So I, I would go along the lines of it's the sports that require a little bit tighter precision, so to speak. You're on the air with a sports phone. Hey, uh, not related to uh, tennis or golf so much. That's okay. Uh, but I listen to you guys all the time, and uh, I just wanted to call and give props to my uh, high school coach, Herb Wright. I'm sure you guys probably know or have heard of Herb Rice. He coached out at Potter Valley. Um, he, uh, he played at Ukiah High, and, uh, you know, he's just he's just a good guy. He's a good coach, and I've always wanted to call in and give props to him on, on air. What uh, what sport? What year? Uh, oh, basketball. Sorry, basketball. Herb Rice. He coached, he coached basketball at Potter Valley High School in 2002 through 2005. Okay. His, uh, his grandson, Jesse Williams, was a, was a pretty great player a couple years after me. Jesse. Uh, some people know Jesse Williams. Oh, yeah. I, but, I played. Uh, we all played yeah. against Jesse Williams. Wasn't it his grandfather? Yeah, yeah that's his grandfather. Herb yeah. is, is Jesse's grandfather, and I'm good friends with their whole family, but Herb is just a great guy. He's a great coach and a good man, and, and I just want to show respect. I love it. Thank love you. It. That's a great call. Thank you. All right. Take care, you Yep. You're on the air with the sports phone. Hey, guys, this is uh, Joe. So the number on the golf ball is so that you can differentiate between another Callaway ball on the ra- on the uh, course. Okay, so it is. Whatever it got is. it. So it is for players to identify if two people are on the green and they like on a blind shot, something like that. Yeah, Perfect. correct. Got it. Love it. Huh. Love it, love it, love it. <laughs> no problem. You got anything else Thanks. for us? Thanks, Joe. I think he's gone. Hey, there we go. We got our question answered. It was There it you had, go, Vince. It, it had to be one of those two. It had to be a production number... Or an, or an identifier of some sort. And, and honestly, I think the identifier makes makes sense. Here, do um, you re- I, I, I'm stuck for so, a second well, no. here. Oh, sorry. I, I, my, my brain is thinking with golf. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you remember Jesse Williams from Potter Valley? <laughs> oh, yeah. He was there. He was there for my freshman, freshman year. And then I believe he transferred to Ukiah after this, that. This. Or maybe two years after in that. In the it, category of. W- one of the best players in D6, the yeah. league that I coached in ever. This was a 6'5 point guard. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
and I think his grandfather was going to stop coaching, and he, they needed uh, exposure for this guy, so they got out of Potter Valley. And uh, Yeah, I remember watching him play, and exactly kind of what you said, where, uh, yeah, just like he, he was 6'5", but he moved like a point guard and could handle the ball that way. Yeah, 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 Potter Valley, 707-895-2448. Love some more phone calls. Love the phone calls. Um, where were we? Uh, well, I, we're still talking about this golf thing. The last thing I was going to say about the golf balls was, because we got our answer, I wonder how high those numbers go. Oh, I think single digits. You think it's most. single digits and it's just, you know, you're just hoping you have the right... right. I never remember anyone playing more than a Titleist like 4. Titleist title 4 or 5. Yeah, I, I, uh, I love, love it. it. I That'd be a great answer. But um, Okay, so are you ready as always? So... Yeah, I'll give you the menu. So this is a new a new kind of theme to the sports phone here, uh, where if we don't have any calls, and as always, though, we want calls, so 707-895-2448. We've got about a half hour left on the sports phone here, so give us a call. You're on the air. I have a question about golf. Yeah. yeah. What surface are they playing on at Little, Little River Golf Course? Ooh, I can answer that uh, question. Real? Okay, Wait, good. Yeah. I actually know the answer to this question, and it's funny, caller. Um, the reason I know the answer to this question is because I don't remember when this was, but I I think it was when I was in high school in Mendocino. There was a week about like conservation and like energy efficiency and stuff like that. It, it was one of these like different weeks that Mendocino High School had, and one of the things that we had at Little River. Uh, well, one of the things that we had was we had the, the like the manager or something from Little River Golf Course come on. Um, it's all grass. It's just like any other course. It's a grass course. Um, but the the distinction for Little River, and I don't know if this is still the case, they do not water any element of the course but the greens. Exactly. Um, every other element of the course, as opposed to like a, a major golf course somewhere that they water the fairways and stuff. Every other part of the course is entirely natural. They never water, to my understanding, the fairways or the rough or anything like that. The only part that is maintained regularly is the greens. But to answer your question, Little River is all grass. I'm calling a timeout. Um, I call her. I hung up with you uh, uh, prematurely there. If you have more to say, please call right back. I didn't mean to hang up on you. But what else do they play golf on except grass? I understand the question. She said, what surface do they play in Little River? There's no artificial turf in golf. Hello, call. You're on the air. Well, the question is, if people are playing on grass, where are they getting the water to irrigate Okay, so Jerry answered your question. Whether only the greens or the entire course. I'm, because we should all be thinking seriously about not watering grass. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. My guess is, and this I don't think it's an excuse, but my guess is Little River, the family that owns Little River Golf Course, and all the Little River in, and a whole bunch of more stuff, my guess is that they have their own wells. And, and that's no, again, that's no excuse to waste water, but... I don't think they'd be watering anything if there was a threat on... I, I think the golf course would go down first before the inn and washing beds. I don't know. What do you think, Chair? Well, like like I said, unless something has changed, 
they've never watered their fairways. Oh, like okay. they, they, this was back, like I said, when I was in high school. Yeah, and I'm and I remember specifically the only part of the course they maintained was the greens because if you don't maintain the greens and water them, then they're unplay. Like the course becomes unplayable. Oh. But every other element of the course is totally natural. They don't water anything else. Hmm. Thanks for that call. That was a great question. 707-895-2448. What is the surface of the Little River Golf Course? That's the question of the day. Hello, you're on the air. So I, I want to just chime back in on that Little River Golf Course. I had a uh, feeling. Yeah, well, I, I, I obviously I've been playing weeks right now. They don't, they're not watering their fairways at all. Right. Like, you're... you're your 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 approach to the green is on dry grass for sure, hard turf, very dry. <laughs> yeah. uh, obviously, the tee boxes and the greens are definitely getting some water, but I assume because there's like four ponds on Little River, like it's a pretty good aquifer, and they most likely have their own wells. I don't know the depth, I don't know any, you know, how many, but I I would defend. Little River Golf Course compared to probably a lot of golf courses in Southern California, who are who, who most likely have plush green fairways in the middle of a desert. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're, we're doing a pretty good job up here. It's it's tough to play on, but I will I will give time, it'll be great. Yeah. I will give the benefit of the doubt. And after this statement, Vince, I'm going to take another call. I will give the benefit of the doubt to Callie and everyone else that owns the Little River Inn for doing ecologically everything correct let me take another call i i I agree jim thanks thanks vince you're on the air yeah little river golf course takes me to their neighbor uh right below them they block all the water that comes down in that creek a little waterway with all the ponds and never gets down to my place oh really so so you're below those people those people are rich egotistical crazy people i've had Fights with them over there, uh, messing with the riparian nature and everything. That's and, ex- uh, the, the state uh, water uh, woman out there, and she said, "Oh yeah, this is these people. They try to build on this riparian uh, neighborhood with ancient plants and stuff like that." We're losing. Hold on a minute. We're that's breaking. 707-895-2448. Um, we're talking golf. We're talking... What, what, what's our next subject here? <laughs> okay. So, next... So, like I said, I, with one of the kind of traditions, I guess we've called it, uh, that we started here, is the opportunity for you to pick a subject. Um, this is somewhat pre-planned. This isn't, you know, totally off the cuff. Um, but we, I like to kind of pick out some topics. Jim and I kind of think about it. But the one element of this that I don't know is I don't know what Jim's going to pick. So if we get a call, 707-895-2448, uh, that's great. Give us a call. Let us know whatever's on <clears throat> Excuse me, your mind going on in the world of sports. But if we don't get a call, uh, I'm going to let Jim pick the next topic, and we'll go from there. So, Jim, the menu for you to, today to choose from consists of, uh, we talk more COVID. Um, we could talk about NFL training camps, which is a, a weird one to bring up, but I think we have an interesting way to talk about that. Um, we could talk about hockey 
and expansions of hockey. More in general, we can talk about expansion drafts. Uh, there's a little bit of uh, international, or excuse me, U.S. soccer news that we were going to talk about. Um, and then there's also one that we could get into that it's, it would be a little bit, potentially a little bit longer of a conversation, but we could talk about uh, baseball and specifically no hitters. Um, mm. those, those are our options. As always, as I said, give us a call, 707-895-2448 if you've got anything you want to talk about. But until then... Um, whatever is on your mind, Jim, if there's anything that piqued your interest kind of on that um, menu. Yes, I'd like to... I, I'm going to pick two things. Okay, <laughs> you're cheating again. <laughs> because I, I think it's a disservice to the sports world for us not to mention Carly Lloyd. Sure. Th- this, is, this would be the equivalent, in my opinion, and I'll let Jerry explain who and why, for people that don't know who Carly Lloyd, this would be in a world of soccer. This would be, hey, Michael Jordan retired this week. This is the real deal. This is the, I think, the best female soccer player in the history of the world. Retired this week. Jerry, give me something besides hype. Yeah. Uh, so Carly Lloyd, if you don't know the name, uh, most known, I think, just because of popularity of the sport for the U.S. women na- national team in soccer, but also had an amazing career in Major League Soccer as well. Um, but, or excuse me, I don't think it's technically called Major League It might be the Women's Major League Soccer, for, regardless of the name. But uh, most, or excuse me, second most capped player in world soccer history, um, which uh, means, I believe, the official word for that is just, I think, at times, uh, like, on the field. Like most matches, I believe capped is like matches participated in Um, 128 international goals. If I remember correctly, that puts her in third or fourth all time on the U.S. women's uh, uh, ranking, so to speak. 312 total caps. Uh, set, which is second all time in U.S. Uh, in the U.S. and world history, behind another American. Uh, only one of one of only four international soccer players uh, to play 300 or more times for her country. Uh, yeah, she was. I think when you when you talk about the U.S. The, the current breed of kind of the U.S. women's soccer program, it was her, Megan Rapinoe, Alex Morgan, and I'm I'm doing a disservice for getting some of the names of the other like mainstays on that team. Um, but yeah, she's you know she's she's been a face of U.S. women's soccer for a long time, ending a career that started in 2005 uh, at 23 years old. She is retiring now at age 39. Oh, um, that was my, my next question, Jerry. I was yeah. gonna, I was I was going to ask that is can we compare it to say the Michael Jordan, the LeBron James, the the, the, the big hitters in the National Basketball Association? Yeah, can can they go? Can, no, can do they go from up until age thirty nine? I thought you were going to tell me she might have been forty seven. No, no. Huh? Uh, I mean, Jordan played when you count his retirement with the Wizards. I'd, I'd have to double check it, but he played into his late thirties. Very rare to get to forty. Yeah, very rare. And I, and I don't know if that's the same for. Uh, yeah, I mean Tom Brady's the exception. All of that, I think he's forty-two now or something okay. weird like that. But yeah, no, I mean that's this is right around the time that athletes call it quits um, from from peak level. Uh, but yeah, I mean I, I watched a fair amount of U.S. women's soccer. Uh, you know, she's been a, a mainstay on that team. You know, she didn't play as much as she used to. She came off the bench in some games, but 
yeah, you know, she's she's been a, a face of the U.S. women's soccer team for some time now. Which... 707-895-2448. Give us a ring if you want to talk about sports. Anything going on in the world of sports. we got about 15 minutes and change left on the sports phone here. So give us a call, 707-895-2448, if you've got anything you want to talk about here on the sports phone. Let's talk about... Bunch of idiots on the football field. <laughs> so I, I don't know if, if it, that that's part of this conversation, I guess, would be are they a bunch of idiots? So before yes, they I are. before I well hold on, hold on. Before I even get into the story, um Jim, you coached a lot yeah. of high school basketball. Sure. You played college basketball. Yeah. You played high school basketball, you played professionally. I imagine at some point in all of those eras, you had inter squad practices, basically meaning where Two teams would have a practice together. They do drills together. They would scrimmage at the end. Um, I guess as a starting point, yes, right. You you've coached and participated in some of those, I imagine. Oh, definitely. I I did it even in Mendo. Yeah, we practiced with Tim Anderson's team. Yeah. Um, we practiced with Laytonville once. I know we practiced with Leggett once. Yep. Yep. Okay. So follow up question then: Can you count on one hand or uh, how many fights broke out? Zero. At, at any of those. This is a player or a coach at an inner squad practice. Zero. Zero. Okay. Zero. Yeah. So that leads to the topic, so to speak, where there's been a lot of versions of this that have happened over the last couple of days. Um, but the NFL right now is in week two of the preseason, um, and they are having their they're having a lot of inner squad practices where basically two teams are going together, I believe. So for example, the the Rams and the Raiders are practicing together this week. They have a preseason game against each other. In a couple of days, fight broke out there. Uh, fight broke out at the Giants' practice as well um, with the Giants, and I believe the the New York Giants. And question? Can't, okay, go ahead. Do you have a question? Is this new? Well, so that that was kind of where where I was going with this. Is I think every year in football you hear about fights breaking out in practice, um, but these have been kind of like a little more extreme. And and the thing that stands out to me about them that I that I'm noticing is. The reaction of coaches, I feel like, has been a lot more noticeable this year. So, for example, the the head coach of the Giants, he basically had them run wind sprints for out for like an hour and do a bunch of push-ups. John Gruden, who's the head coach of the Raiders, he got on in a post-game or like a post-practice conference and just said it's it's despicable, it's not acceptable, and all of these types of things. And that's where I kind of like I said, I, I don't follow football as much as a, as a lot of people, but I don't recall the coaches having as public of a reaction to fights breaking out in practice um i can think of in my years as a player and a coach i can think of one fight breaking out in a practice when i was in college which was very tame i think calling it a fight might have been even in a a a stretch but i i guess I don't know. Do you have any reaction to this? Like brawls breaking out in an inner squad football practice? I get is, is, is it comparable? Is it a fair question for like okay, there's all these brawls breaking out in NFL inner squad practices? Is it fair for me to say? Did you ever have a fight break out at a Mendo Fort Bragg practice? Like are they even comparable? In we, we never we never did. And, and uh, but are they comparable? Like is it fair to to say like? Oh, because you didn't have fights break out in oh. Fort Bragg Mendo, Mendo inner squad practice. It's unreasonable and, and ridiculous the fights are breaking out in an NFL practice. Like, are are they? App, is this an apples to apples conversation? I think if I'd like to hear from a, I, I know Fort Bragg, 
plays um, Coverdale had inter squad scrimmage. They, they have three team inter squad scrimmages mm-hmm. where where they they have three teams there and they play and I and and, and they they run plays against each other. My question, not is it comparable with Mendocino High School basketball? Is it comparable to any level of football? I'm comparing sure. it to, to football. Sure. So I, my question is: Has anyone ever heard of an inter squad scrimmage breaking out of an, in a brawl and a fight um, in in any level football? Sure. You know, yeah, I, I think that's really, and that's kind of I think why, why I'm interested in this is: Is it a football thing? That's what is I it think. an NFL thing? Is is the question? Mm-hmm. Like, are are these guys just so fired up? And cocky with each other, and you know, in a, in an NFL practice, that it's just bound to happen, or is it, or is it happening, you know, with the star the star receiver at you know high school A against the the star defensive back at high school B? Are they getting into it in the same way in an inner squad practice, and, and is a fight breaking out? So I, I don't know. Like we're not football coaches. We're we're passive football fans. I don't think we have a ton more to, to bring to this topic, so to speak, other than my question about this when I saw it was is it comparable? Like do are we having these things break out at at, at the, the high school level if you know if there's high school inter squad practices? And as Jim said, I know that in basketball we did a lot of these inter squad practices and we never had anything like this happen. So I, I'm curious. I'm my, curious. My other question to this is or my other, I, I, I every time I do watch football, whether it be the Super Bowl or high school or whatever, and there is a squirmish, a fight, mm-hmm. uh, I can call it a fight. There are fights in in sports when people sure. when, when people sure. lose their temper, temper, temper. And and my question is, I've always been. These guys are really punching each other with helmets on, <laughs> and, and I watch them punch someone with a helmet on. Yeah, and it's yeah, like it's, what, yeah. what, that, That's when you're really upset, I guess. You're on the air. You're on the Jim, air. That's great. Uh, I, I've always loved watching a guy punch somebody with a helmet on. <laughs> like it's actually going to do anything. <laughs> uh, so fun. So I would say, like a great comparison to this for you and I, Jim, yeah. is taking our kids to Laytonville to do a summer practice in the tin gym right. when it's 100 degrees. These kids have a little bit of animosity, local rivalry stuff, and we were able to get through hours of scrimmaging without issues. I know. Right? I mean, you know, maybe they wanted to kind of, but they never did, and we always got through a bunch of great practices and, 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 and games. So, so I'm going to so, ask the- Vince, I want to ask the same question. Then, is it a fair comparison? Do you think is it a football thing, or is it, or is it a scrimmage thing? I think it's a a level of yeah. Uh, the, you know, it, it, it's the fact that these are NFL guys. Right. They're they're all heated. They're all alpha males. They've been probably pampered and babied most of their lives, and led to believe they're the best of what they do. And they're also some of them fighting like heck to get a position on a team, mm-hmm. and emotions run high. I think it just has to do with the level. I think if you have huh. more NHL preseason uh, scrimmages against another team, you'd have fights. Mm-hmm. Maybe with basketball, you'd have a little bit of pushing and shoving. I mean, those things are going to happen. I mean, spring training baseball gets remember, uh, remember Vince, once in a while. Th- there's a big difference you here. Know? There's a big difference here, and it's it's major. Um this was not a preseason game. The, this was a practice. 
Of practice. No, Jim, I know what these are. These, this has been happening for years, right, and I've okay. never understood why they even have these joint practices. <laughs> That's another because good every single every single year it turns into a massive brawl, right? Huh. Which is which is silly. So I, I do believe football plays a part of it because of the the, the gladiator mentality, uh, for sure. But I think if you did this consistently at every professional level at every sport, you'd have incidences. Yeah. I, the percentages will, will be higher with basketball, with, with football, of course. Here, here. Um, but, but just on this topic of brawls and, and fighting, uh, I, I at one point talked to you guys about a great documentary called The Battered Baseball, mm-hmm. based on the Portland uh, baseball team that was the last independent team in America. The same mm. guys have done another documentary called The Malice in the Palace. Yep about the brawl that broke out against Detroit and Indiana with Ron Artest and those guys. Yep. And uh, it's really well done. You should check it out. So, Vince, I'm about five minutes into it, but uh, uh, out here in the in the woods, I don't have as good of internet as I do out in uh, in, in downtown Portland. <laughs> so I, I've, I've, start, I've started it. I'm, like I said, I think I'm like five, six minutes in. And, and the thing that I, I remember most about it uh, so far, and I'm hoping that this kind of is a is a through line throughout the whole thing. Was the beginning kind of like intro segment where you have like Ron Artest and Steven Jackson and all these guys like well, you don't know our side of the story kind of thing where it's like they weren't defending yeah. themselves, but they're like you only hear about this from the media and from the fans. You don't put yourselves in our shoes. I really hope that they totally. continued that. And then the other thing that I thought was so interesting, and I hope there's more comments like this, was there's a reporter in the first five minutes who who says, regardless of the situation, who in their right mind is coming out of the crowd and throwing a punch at Ron Artest? Like, who who thought that that was a good idea, alcohol or not? So I, I am so excited to get into that. Um, and like I said, the first seven, eight minutes of it have been fantastic, so I can't wait to see more of it. My, my, experience, my experience with it so far, Vince, I'll just chime in, is I saw an interview with Jermaine O'Neal about it because apparently he was big part of the production and and the reason we haven't heard about it i didn't realize this it was a 10-year legal fight and they couldn't talk about it until the 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 entire legal end of it was over that's why we're hearing about it now but everyone's been been talking about it well and it's a pretty interesting piece um and i remember watching that game live so Mm -hmm. Pretty awesome uh, uh, stuff, and I'm glad you guys are involved in watching it and uh, enjoying it. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm stoked. I, as, yeah. as soon as I get back to good internet, that's my. It's one of my first things in my Netflix queue. <laughs> Vince, it, well, as always, being home. As, Thanks, Vince. as always, you are the sports phone. Thanks, Vince. Hey, man, you guys are the sports phone too. I love you guys. Talk to you soon. 707-895-2448. Yep, about five minutes left on the show here, so we'll squeeze in a couple more calls. 707-895-2448 if you've got anything you want to add here on the sports phone. Um, some COVID updates. Yeah, let's get a couple quick COVID updates out there. Pro sports. Uh, yeah, well, it's not going to be pro sports football. entirely. I think it's mostly football related, but, but there's some good stuff here. So I don't have an official list in front of me, so I don't know how accurate this is. Like, I don't know if there's been, like, updates to this, but... Uh, I do know, so the, the Las Vegas Raiders became the first team in the NFL to announce they're going to require proof of vaccination uh, going into their stadium for games. Um, and then the Atlanta Falcons claimed to be the first NFL team that was fully vaccinated, all players and all staff. So 
I think you're going to hear more about that. I think you're going to see more stadiums decide to, to do this kind of COVID vaccination proof thing. Um, I'm really curious how it works. Like I said, I, I, I think the biggest thing I'm so fascinated by with that, and I've said this a few times on other shows, is it's going to be the, the owners versus the state legislature kind of thing, right? Like what's going to happen when, you know, I, I don't know if this is going to happen for sure, but what happens when Jerry Jones, who's the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, says we're going to require vaccinations in the state of Texas, right? You can't come to a Cowboys game unless you're vaccinated. What's going to happen with Mark Cuban, with the Mavericks, and like stuff like that. That's what I'm, I'm fascinated by with that. Um, well, wait, wait. So you're saying um, you're predicting this is there's going to be more owners that are going to make this decision, and well, I'm wh- and I'm very curious how the reaction is. But going your to be. point is when an owner does this in a state that's already doesn't in, in a state that does not have strict COVID rules. That's I'm, what I I'm very curious to see what the reaction is going to be between the, the 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 team and the state government. You're on the air. Two minutes. Uh, it's zero to zero in Oakland with the Giants. Oh, we got a little Giants A's going on. Is that is that what you're, is that what we have? Is that the game or? Yes. Nice. But I thought I'd tell your listeners because the local station isn't broadcasting the game again. I guess they fell asleep at the switch. <laughs> well, and it's great, Seriously? caller, because this is one of those years when both teams are good. Like it, 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 it feels yeah, like it's, it's infrequent when both the teams are good. Being owned in LA and got, I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, but it's great. We got two. It's it's one of those years that the Giants and A's are both competitive, both playing for playoff spots, which I think makes it that much more God, interesting. Can you love it? Yeah. Last year, last two years, <laughs> the Giants would have a game seven innings. They don't. The other team would have a one run lead, and they couldn't put anybody on second base. Yeah. And now they're <laughs> slapping the heck out of the ball. Well, you never. Nice. I love it. Well, I love it. Let me tell you, I know who you are. I'm not announcing your name <laughs> because uh-huh. that's against the rules unless you announce it. But, Bill? yeah, Bill, you, um, I am an avid Yankee fan, and to have them tank the first half of the season, and they are on a rampage. The Yankees. Well, now they are. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God, they've won. They're the hottest team in baseball. They, they jumped Oakland and the Red Sox for the first uh, wild card spot. And there were 10 back, you know, just it's like a month, two months ago. Oh, I mean, really? It, yeah. Well, I'm actually was looking forward to. You're going to hate this. Oh no! A Giants Red Sox World Series. Yeah, a Giant. It'd be cool. Giants Yankee World Series is even more more well, competitive. Too, almost like on. You know, because it's New York and New York. If you know what I mean, you right. gotta remember yeah, yeah, the Giants yeah. came from New York, and there's a lot of animosity there. Love it. Let's. But, uh, oh, that's a great. So, it's, what's the score one, once once again? Zero to zero. Zero to zero. What inning? They had uh, fourth or fifth. They had uh, they walked Posey and uh, Belt, and then the Giants didn't score. We got to go. We're under a minute. Thanks, Bill. All right, we're going to count on you from here on. Yeah, it's always good. Like I said, it's always as I was saying. It's it's really cool when both Bay Area teams are good. Giants are winning their division. A's are fighting for a wild card spot. Uh, it'd be really cool to, to see both of them make the Jerry, playoffs. don't go home. Come here next week, please. <laughs> next week is going to be Friday, August 27th. Um, I'm going to be back in Portland, sadly. I'm going to be back on, on Zoom, back on, on, the, uh, on the interwebs. Uh, but as always, it's a pleasure. Thank uh, Tim Anderson for joining us earlier. We'll be back next week on the Sports Phone. Thanks, everybody. This has been a production of KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Willetson, Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM, Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. You can check out our website at kzyx.org to find more content like this, and consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thanks for listening.